This is Full Circle, the podcast of the Women's Leadership Circle, where every month we look back on what we learned and celebrate what we accomplished. We check in on where we are at present and savor the moment as we look forward to the future, happily anticipating our continued growth. Welcome to Full Circle for April. I'm Shirley Osborne, and we are discussing March, of course, where the theme was, of course, women can. 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 No matter how you say it, it fits. No matter how you say it, women can. Women can, as in women have the capacity to do pretty much anything women want. There is, objectively speaking, an intellectually, mentally, professionally, emotionally, in every aspect, nothing that is beyond the capacity of women, just because we happen to be women. Women have every faculty that human beings have, for better and for worse. And that's what we talked about in Circle last month. Now, as we go forward in Circle, what I will do is I will include snippets and comments and remarks and suggestions and thoughts from other people. We will hear from other women who have participated in Circle and just other people generally because the idea, the big idea is that we have information. That's a big part of what this is about, ensuring that we always have the information that we need to make our decisions to advance our lives. But this month, I'm just going to go through um, some of my thoughts on, of course, women can. And I will also at the end give three strategies, I think, for ensuring that we reinforce the idea that, of course, women can. So like I said before, Women have every faculty that human beings have. We have the capacity. We have the capacity. We are able. The issue is, the problem is that women are often not allowed. As a matter of fact, women are very often deliberately prevented from doing things, from participating. Because men have perpetuated the idea that women do not have this ability and so we could go around and around and around, but obviously the foundational question is whether women could, if given the opportunity. And history is replete with examples of women who did because they were allowed to. Women who did because they didn't ask permission, they got up and they did what needed to be done. Women who did because it needed to be done. And that is the aspect of the question that we're going to consider and debunk here. In our discussions in Circle last month, we looked at writing, but were we to look at any other sector, any sector at all, whether we considered any of the arts or sciences, for example, or if we looked at commerce or religion, or if we investigated government or sports, we would come away with the conclusion that yes, women do indeed perform well when women are not prevented from acting, from being, from doing when we are not prevented from participating fully and from contributing the best of our abilities. The power in our world is predicated on assumptions of male supremacy and on the deliberate hegemony of men. Men as a group have a deep and vested interest in maintaining the status quo. And so they are not very much interested in giving up or even sharing that kind of power and control. And perpetuating the notion that women are inferior, that women are just not capable, that women very simply cannot, is not a conspiracy. It is the guiding principle and the organizing principle of our families, our communities, societies, countries, religions, all our social institutions everywhere in the world. Things are changing, but they're changing very slowly. And as a matter of fact, in some places, they're not changing at all. 
which is why it is still necessary that we repeat and reinforce the idea, the notion, the reality, the fact that women can. Women can participate fully. Women can contribute much, much, much value to our world. Unfortunately, we have to keep reinforcing that, and so we do. Unfortunately, and encouragingly, women are doing something about it. All across the globe, women are taking action. Women are acting in groups, small and large, and women are acting individually. In every family, there is one girl. There is always the one girl who is trying to own her decisions and decide her own future. In every organization, every company, there is one woman. There's at least one woman who is trying to open doors, not just for herself, but for other women. Everywhere we look, women are working. They're doing their utmost to show that women can. I mean, we shouldn't have to, but it's the state of the world. It's the state of, we have to work harder, twice as hard, 10 times as hard as the men to prove ourselves. It is the state of the world. It's the fact. It's what we're dealing with. And the only way to get around this really is to keep doing that, to keep being good, to keep being better and better, to keep reinforcing and showing ourselves capable. And each of us has to take every opportunity we get to do this because it helps not just us, but it helps other women know that they too can. It helps every single other woman think that, yes, I can do too. I also can. So whatever else we do, from whichever other angle we approach the mission, and yes, it is a mission, it involves all of us, and it is for the good of all of us, and you know, we must all be part of the mission, I believe, but we must also be consistently and conscientiously working at the individual level, at the individual level. And there are all kinds of ways that we can do that, and in this podcast, I'm going to talk about three. Three things we can do on a daily basis to move the needle, slowly perhaps, maybe even very slowly but it'll move. It's a long game we're playing. It's a long game of necessity. It's nothing that we can win tomorrow. And every minute, every day, every week, we play our part. We secure our own, our personal advancement and that of other women. Every little inch of territory gained by any woman anywhere is an inch gained for all women everywhere. One woman succeeds, all women win. And the sooner we debunk these negative and destructive myths about women, women's capabilities, the better for everybody. Last year, I wrote a book and I gave it the title, When Women Lead. I could just as well have called it, of course women can. Because what I did was go back into our common history and find some of the women who had made significant contributions in a range of sectors. I found lots of women who had who were not acknowledged. I also found lots of women whose work was co-opted, was taken from them by men. Men deliberately took credit for women's work. I found so many examples of this. It astounded even me. For many years, I've been doing this work of advocating for women's advancement and inclusion and encouraging women to inhabit leadership, to just assume leadership assume themselves leaders and behave like it. And I've been doing it even when I was employed in capacities that had nothing to do with women in particular, at least not, not, you know, not on the surface. I mean, at one time, just as I came out of college in Boston, I was writing code for a company and working out of the New York, New Jersey area. Of course, I was one of the very few women. And unfortunately, sadly, very little has changed in the last 20 years. But anyhow, in my after hours, I was mentoring some children 
some girls in a, in a Catholic girls' school in Newark. And of course, I told the girls what I did for work. And as was to be expected, what I got back from them was lots of boys do that. Boys do that. It's boys who do that. Of course, that was my opening to do some women's work. These girls and I had lots of conversations about this, about you're 12 and 13 and 14 years old. You have your whole life ahead of you. You're smart, you're competent, you're curious, you're creative. Don't just do what they tell you you can do. Go look for what it is you really want to do, what you're really excited about, what you can build passion about, and go do that. Don't limit yourself. Don't put limits on yourself. Society puts enough limits on us, and I tell this to women all the time. The societies in which we live, the companies in which we work, put limits on us. That same company I was working with in New Jersey, New York, um, one day I showed up for work and I had this big bracelet that I normally wear as a big brass, uh, big African bracelet. I was wearing it. And um, one of the women, one of the higher up women came to see me. She stopped at my desk early, uh, at some point during the day and said, it's a very nice bracelet. And then she had a comment about perhaps it's not the best kind of jewelry for this kind of environment. I ignored her. Of course I did. And I kept wearing my bracelet. I kept wearing my bracelet. I wore it whenever I felt like wearing it because we don't need to ask permission for these things. And some things are just, they're just so inane. It's not even worth us getting into conversations about. But anyway, I have some strategies for you about how to advance this notion that women can. And part of it is, it begins with us as a matter of fact. It begins with us as the individual. So strategy number one is do not be overly coy about your accomplishments and your abilities. And I could also add about your preferences, about your beliefs, about your ambitions, your aspirations. Don't be overly coy. Of course, I'm not suggesting that you should always be shouting from the rooftops. But remember to always give yourself credit and accept credit when it is given. When somebody gives you a compliment, whether it's on how you look or on how you work, or just accept it graciously and move along. Do not, under any circumstances, minimize your abilities just to make other people feel comfortable. Don't do that. It doesn't help you. And if we think back to the example I just gave about the girls in, in the Catholic school, you could actually deprive someone of just the exact inspiration and motivation that they need to propel themselves forward. Because some of these girls got talking about mathematics, for example, and science in ways that they hadn't before. And they got, we had conversations about what they would do later in their lives, what profession they would go into that had got adjusted, for want of a better term, got adjusted and expanded based on these conversations that we had, based on what I told them about me. So don't, don't do that. Do not ever minimize yourself because apart from what you do for yourself, you could actually, like I was saying, you could actually be depriving someone of just the exact inspiration and motivation that they need to propel themselves forward. Because you know, we gather information like that. Think of how many times in your own life you heard something, by the way, that resonated with you, that made a difference to your life. Sometimes it is just like that. So even if you're not doing it directly, there are people watching, there are people listening, there are people who could be inspired and motivated by you. So when you do good work, acknowledge it, claim it. 
And when you are complimented on it, accept it graciously, accept it confidently. You don't want to, you want to be careful not to reduce yourself in the eyes of other people. Because when somebody pays you a compliment for work you did and you're dismissive and yeah, yeah, it's just, you're letting yourself down, you're putting yourself down. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because again, in, apart from just reducing yourself in the eyes of others, you could also be denying a woman or a girl the role model that she needs. So own your gifts, your abilities, your accomplishments, own them and use them to support other girls and women. Sometimes do it deliberately. Volunteer. Mentor somebody. Get involved in somebody's life. Somebody you work with, a young girl you know, in your family or just in your community. And that is one of the simplest, easiest ways and also one of the most effective ways to advance the idea that women can. Sharing our accomplishments, letting ourselves and our accomplishments be seen, be acknowledged, be recognized. There's nothing like that. Being confident in our abilities, confident in our competence, comfortable with our accomplishments. When other women see this happening, when girls see this, it is reassuring for them. I can tell you that from experience. It reassures other women. It reassures girls that, yes, they too can. It's the idea of you, you, if you see something, you know you can be it. You can be something, you can want to be something, you can know that you can be something only if you see it, if you know it, if you come to know that it exists. So when they see other women being accomplished, accomplishing things, leading in ways, doing things, being um, comfortable and, and competent and conscientious is also a good word to use here. It reassures them, it strengthens them, and it begins to help to move the needle forward. Now, strategy number two is stand up for other women. Stand up for other women. Let me say this again. Stand up for other women. When you encounter situations in which people, men or women, are putting women down, do not join in, whether it's a specific women, woman or women in general. Instead, try to find a counter. Turn the conversation over. One example. We've all heard, we've all heard the old jokes about how badly women drive. Women can't drive. I've heard that a million times if I've heard it once. I don't argue. I never argue with it. I simply state that I was 13 when I started driving. And I know many, many men who simply would not know what to do with a gear stick. Almost always, the response is something along the lines of, yeah, yeah, but that's you. Most women are not like that. And they'll tell you a story about their sister or their wife or somebody like that. And that's when I shift to objective facts. One of the things I like to tell them is that insurance companies charge men more for car insurance because boys and men are more likely to get into accidents. All kinds of studies show that women are safer drivers. Insurance companies find that boys and young men are more likely to get into car accidents than other people, which makes sense because boys and young men drive more recklessly. They drive faster. They drive more than women and young girls typically and they drive more recklessly. They're always trying to do something, you know? Um, and although, of course, they, they charge teenagers more for, traffic, for car insurance because they're green drivers, we call them. But teenage boys pay the most of all. And the difference reduces as people get older. And in fact, one sample that was given in this particular report I saw, a quote for a teenage boy driving 
for a year was $4,946 a year, which was $328 more than the premium charge for a girl of the same age. And of course, when you tell them these things, they rationalize and debate and they, you know, they find all the excuses and the, and I just, I always stop right there. I hit them with facts and then I leave them to rationalize with themselves. Now I have to say also, I went looking for this information and I did that because I'm a fan of car racing, Formula One in the, you know, desert driving. I, I, I am a fan of car racing. And so I often find myself in these discussions with men about driving. And of course, almost every single time the conversation comes up, some man feels it necessary to make some remark about women and the way women drive, the way they say women drive. So I make sure I have information to give. I have facts and figures. And because the emotional argument often doesn't make any difference, but when you give them facts, they have to stop and think about it. It might not change their mind because they're going to rationalize, but they have to stop and think. And again, there might be somebody else who's hearing that, who thinks, ah, I see. And it makes a difference to them. One of the things I know from politics is that there is always, always somebody listening, somebody paying attention. And this is an important thing for women to know. It's not just about politics. That's how life is. There's always somebody, there's always the potential that somebody else hears and somebody else interprets. So we have to be on guard. And if we decide that we are women who want to be leaders at whatever level, in whatever capacity, we have to keep these things in mind. And so strategy number three is be always informed, be always highly informed. And I say this um, because what I'm saying about this is use the advantages you have to stay ahead. Women have an advantage where this is concerned because it's generally accepted and there is scientific evidence for it that women are better at communication than men. Women are better at communication than men. Of course, communication goes both ways. You speak, you give out information, you receive information. You speak and you hear. Um, in my book, When Women Lead, I tell about the FOXP2 gene, which scientists have begun to call the language protein. And they found that the higher levels of this FOXP2 gene is found in the more communicative sex in the species, which in humans is the female. In some birds, it's found in the males because the male birds are the ones who um, they let construct and, and call their mates and, you know, the ones with lots of colorful plumage and so on, they're the more communicative sex and they have more of this particular protein. In humans, women have the most. Now, because good communication skills is a positive thing, no matter how you look at it, and women have it, my suggestion is that we begin to use it, use it intentionally. And to my mind, it is just as important that we use this skill to absorb and acquire information as it to dispense it. So I always, always advise women and girls very strongly to use this communication skill to keep your information base current and full. You don't need to know everything about everything, of course, but it is without a doubt a huge plus to be expert or close or even just very knowledgeable about something. And the more the merrier. So when they say, oh, you don't know or you can't, and you, eh, I can. And of course, the implication is if one woman can, then other women can. And the same thing applies to just the ordinary run-of-the-mill mundane things. 
you know, I often try to go back to the issue of vehicles, which is actually pertinent because, you know, when you talk about cars and motors, mostly you're talking about men. But um, I often try really hard not to comment, at least not to comment in any cutting way. When I hear women, women who drive vehicles proudly announce that they don't know how to change a tire or how to change the oil in their vehicles or even how to check the oil. Okay. So every woman does not know, have to know how to do this. Every single woman does not have to know how to do this. But if one of us does, it helps all of us. So I think it is important for us to know these things. I'll give you another example. I got a flat tire on the New Jersey Turnpike one time in the middle of winter. It was cold. It was an evening. I was driving down from New York and there was snow on the road. It was cold. It was also dark. I got a flat. I had to pull over on the freeway. I could have called AAA. And I thought about that, but I would have been waiting for an hour or two or whatever, however long it would take AAA to come. And I would have been alone in a vehicle on a busy freeway with who knows what kind of people going by who might stop to help. But I knew what to do. So I got out, set out my deflectors, jacked up my car, and I started to change my own tire. Just as I was about to lift this spear onto the bolts, a New Jersey state trooper came by. He stopped and he helped me finish putting on the tire. And he remarked how good it was to him, how reassuring it was for him to see a woman changing her own tire. And then he also noted how dangerous it is often for women in situations like this, because he said, you never know what kind of bad men. And he actually said, bad men, you never know what kind of bad men would stop and pretend to help. And then the woman is in all kinds of, of worse dangers. So I'm still proud when I think of that, that I made some points for the team. I made some points for my women's team that evening. Of course, women can change our own car tires. Of course we can. So be always learning and use your communication skills to keep learning so that you can reinforce the idea that, of course, women can. We can know and we can be and we can do. Now, these are only three of the many, many things that we women can do in our own personal lives to reinforce and strengthen the idea. There are many, many more, and we will come across them, and we will discuss them as we go to, as we sit in circle, as we talk with our friends. Um, we will continue to amplify the conversation, and that's the idea. Amplify the conversation, reach more and more women and men, and that's what being in circle gives us the chance to do. It allows us some of the most wonderful and the most and the easiest actually opportunities to have deep meaningful conversations in which we listen and learn as much as we speak and teach. And it is in this gathering, this exchange of thoughts and ideas that new thoughts and ideas come, more insightful, more incisive thoughts and ideas come that can spark the kind of action in our lives and in our contributions to the world that can be truly, truly powerful and life-changing, not just for us, but for other people, for us and for other people. And it is important that we remember other people because the quality of life that we have involves other people. Women can be the change. Of course, of course women can. So I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you with just a few examples of some of the women who can. I'm working on a, on a documentary, a series of, of short um, films, I guess you could call them short videos, on the idea of, of course, women can. And some of the women I'm looking at are in this list. And I've also included some of the men, because I, did, I do comparisons, men and women in the same 
the same industry, the same sector. So for example, there is Gaylan Dorsey. She's a bass player. She used to play for David Bowie. And there's John Taylor. Gail and Dorsey plays at least as well as John Taylor. There are people who think she plays even better. And John Taylor is considered the best, one, one of the best, and by some people, the best bass guitarist currently. I have been looking at Angela Merkel and Bill Clinton, their leaders of countries. We get back to the issue of vehicles. I'm looking at Danica Patrick and Elio Castroneves. They are indie race car drivers. I think Danica has pretty much retired from, from car racing. But she raced, and she did really, really well. Um, I'm looking at Alicia Keys and Elton John. They are piano players and singers. We looked at writers last month. We looked at Charles Dickens and the Bronte sisters. Um, I'm looking at Simone Biles and Kohei Uchimura. They are gymnasts, considered the top in their fields. I'm looking at Dika Fari and Bauer Becking. They are sailors. They do extreme sailing. And in all of this, it's not just, it's not, even particularly about whether women do it better or men do it better or it's not even necessarily a comparison at this point. It's just that women also can. And that's the point. It's not either or. It's that women also can. In every era in history, I look, I find women who are doing, who have done, who have been doing, who are doing amazing, wonderful things because, of course, women can. Women can. So until next month, keep safe, keep learning and take good, good care of you. Just a reminder that our theme for April is lead from inside. So I will see you in circle. Mm -hmm.